Shakti Durga recorded this discourse during a retreat in 2019. She describes the soul's journey into incarnation, the calling of our soul, how our energy field is a transporter of consciousness, and how the spirit is a tool of the soul. Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga, and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes, and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. Knowledge is seductive, don't you think? Like, I love knowledge. I have a study at home that is wall-to-ceiling books, metaphysical books, spiritual books from every tradition of around the globe. And I love delving into them and and exploring the beautiful ideas that are there. And sometimes from the ancients, sometimes more modern writers, sometimes modern psychology, whatever it is, I love it. And so I'm just as entertained by the mind as anybody else is. I love it. However, I know that me knowing a whole lot of stuff is actually not going to change my life and it's not going to change the world until I embody that knowing. I've got to embody it, you see. It's a bit like saying I know how to swim when all I've ever done is read a textbook and I've never jumped in the water. So I've read the book on swimming, I know how to swim. But you get in the water and let your head go under and feel that panic and then what do I do? And you're flailing about trying to remember what it was you read in the book. And that's one of the most simple examples of knowledge and physicality. Now we get into the more complex things of ethics and morals and competing ideas and philosophies and new versus old and structure versus incoming, you know, we're breaking out of this structure so we can form another structure. And that happens in societies again and again and again. It happens to us again and again and again, that we grow through being the person we once were to become the person that we were always meant to be. And you see a lot of that around here, people coming into their magnificence. So in my view, When we're in the world of ideas, we're in here, but this is not the place of power. Here is the place of power. Once we've been down here and we come back again, what we actually do is get our soul to come into the ideas. We connect the mind, body and spirit and soul in a way that's very wholesome and where we feel like all parts of us are congruent with whatever it is that we're facing at the moment. Is this making sense? Do you get the idea that if the mind itself was the instrument of power, then all we'd have to do is a few affirmations and everything would change in our life straight away? That's not the experience of most people, don't you agree? Mm. What we have to do is we have to create a template of energy so much with our mind that there's the template of energy we've created, just that's a symbol that represents whatever it is that you think about. But then what happens is our soul has a piece of the action. And so when our soul starts having a piece of the action, that's when transformation happens. That's when we actually change. And that's when we get that soulful energy is when we have the power to be a force for good in the world 
Like if you think about people like Martin Luther King and that speech he made that was so famous and he made other amazing speeches as well, but other people had thought like him, but they hadn't been able to change the world like he did. And it was really because he was a man of spirit and soul. If we scan his energy field when he was alive and making that speech, his energy field was massive. You know, he was strong. He was ensouled. He was spirited. His spirit had come into the vision of goodness that he was trying to inculcate in others. Okay? And so this brings us to what is our spirit? The spirit is not the same as the soul. The spirit is a tool of the soul. It's very closely related, and for most people, you wouldn't really even try and explain the difference to them. But there is a difference between the soul and the spirit. And the spirit is the energy that lives inside our energy field and that we put out in the world. And I suppose you could say a few drops of our soul's precious essence is contained in our spirit. And then our spirit goes into whatever we believe in, whatever we put our energy into, whatever ideas are fostered in our mind, just a little bit of our spirit goes into that stuff. And so over time, we've put a bit of our spirit over here and a bit of our spirit over here and a bit of it over there and a bit of it over there. And there can be little spirit left for the right now manifesting power that's within us. And whether we're wanting to manifest a new job, um, a way of serving the world, or a better relationship, we need our spirit. We need to be spirited. And so part of the work we do here is I now release. Our spirit gets stuck into all the thoughts we think, and then that all goes into our kind of unconscious mind and starts creating all this stuff in the background, just like programs are going on in the background of your computer all the time, even though you're looking at this screen. So all this stuff's happening in the background. And it's the same with our mind. We've got whatever I'm focusing on consciously is here. But in the background, the spirit's doing something, the soul's doing something, physical body's doing a heap of things. You know, we're we're all over the place. That's the natural state of humanity. But when someone is able to go through the pain, so Martin Luther King, he was dealing with the pain of black America. So he's dealing with the aftermath of slavery. He's dealing with people who'd been dispossessed from their land carted across the world, treated like cattle, not even treated like humans, and then released from slavery, theoretically, and then being told you're a second-class citizen. And this was in my lifetime. You know, when I was a kid, that was all going on in America. There was still segregation in a lot of places, you know, in my lifetime. And so his response to that He'd taken his light into that darkness. Many other people had lost their light in that darkness and they became part of the problem. They became part of the hatred and the bitterness that is the divisiveness. Do you understand? And they didn't want it to be like that but didn't have the strength of spirit to be able to still be in this place of empowerment and vision and to hold that vision and to go, I call in the better way of being, you know? And the reason why people like him call to us so much is because of the power of his soul that had come into his spirit, and it's the golden light of having been to hell 
and even maybe still being physically in a hellish landscape for him and his family being black, but his spirit and soul was in a place of love, like he was really coming from love. I have a dream, I have a vision. You know, he was impassioned about his dream and his vision and he was putting his whole energy into that. He wasn't putting his energy into, oh, this is terrible, aren't these dreadful people? If he'd come from that space, his speech would not still be remembered today. He wouldn't have changed anything. But the power of someone who is in oneness with their mind, soul and spirit and they're embodying that, that person's got the power to change the world. When we're coming from a place of judgment and criticism, judgment and criticism is telling us I'm in my mind and my mind is having a relationship with that thing I don't like and I'm judging it as being bad. It's not me. It's out there and I don't like it. Fair enough, you don't like it. But my whole spirit's going, I don't like it. I think it shouldn't exist. And so we're actually putting our energy into it about how much I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And so what's happening is our power and energy is going into hate even though that's the last place that we want to be. And so this concept of calling our spirit back and reclaiming the power of the spirit and getting our soul to come into a spirit that is not problem-focused but is solution-focused, there's actually a spiritual dimension to that. Now, some people have got the faculty of mind, whether they were born like it or whether it's through training, that they can go, oh, look at that little pile of whatever, and they can think, okay, rationally, how am I going to deal with this? And they can come up with a plan. The good ones are able to then put their whole energy into that plan, the strong ones, and see that plan into being, right? Whether it's a plan for your family, a plan for your business, a plan for your life, whatever. And other people, when they put that plan in place, They sort of expect that by divine decree, because I've got clarity and I've seen the light and I've now got this plan, nothing's ever going to go wrong. I'm fixed. I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, Good luck with that. Because what will happen is some other thing will come up to just go, but you haven't looked at this nuance. And as we go further up the totem pole of consciousness, instead of it being big, blocky things that we're dealing with like this, it becomes really quite nuanced what we're dealing with. And the nuances are around, am I coming from love and empowerment or am I coming from judgment? Am I coming from anger, hatred, any of these things? And when we're coming from those negative states, that is saying straight away, oh, I'm in here. I'm hitching my wagon to a construct of the mind. The soul doesn't actually do negative. The ego does. But coming from here is only the solution. It's only the bliss. It's only the love. It's the lovely stuff. But we are often very entrenched in here and we have these naive ideas like once I know the way, there won't ever be any more problems. It's like... Yeah, right. Just read what Buddha said. (laughs) But there's always a way forward. And it's like where, has anyone ever studied the Montessori education system? Few of you have? Well, in the Montessori system, which I became familiar with because I sent my daughter 
to a Montessori school when she was a baby. The room is the classroom. It's like all the things they're going to learn in there are set up in activity style and people just go and they pick the activity they want and they keep doing that until they're sick of it. And then they have to finish it. Even if they are sick of it, they still have to finish it. And then they put it all away. Then they're allowed to choose another activity. And the child's own consciousness is able to determine which part of the room they're going to, what they want to learn. And I think that creation is actually just a giant Montessori classroom. I do. And I think we're all in there and we pick up a project from from what our karma would tell us would be an appropriate project. We pick up, oh, let's pick up this box of tricks here. Let's pick this up. And then once we open the box, the universe says, well, now you've got to finish it. You can't just open a box and leave it open. You actually have to complete this. You've got to go through everything about solving this. And so we find ourselves kind of stuck with a problem in a way. And sometimes it seems very hard to shift that problem. And you can wish you never embarked on whatever it is in the first place. But the trouble is you did. And so having started it, the only way out of that now is to complete it. And in universal speak, completing a problem means I go into that problem to understand it. So I actually live the felt, sensed experience of this problem. It's not theoretical anymore. Boy, am I in it. And then I've got to have the strength of spirit not to get lost in that darkness, but to be able to call forth the big part of self and say, help. And to also call on, we all have spirit guides, we all have angels all around us, and they're all going, come on, we're cheering for you, come on, you can do this. But mostly we don't hear that, we just hear all the things that are wrong in our minds, like in the middle of the night when you wake up and you're worried and you're annoyed with somebody or things aren't going right. So that's the time to really get into asking your higher soul and your team of light to help you and to inspire you with how to get through this particular situation to bring it to golden light, taking your virginal white light into the situation. See, Mother Mary in Christian mysticism is called the virgin, not because she didn't have sex because she had a baby, but because she she represents the purity of pure light in that mythology, right? Then she gives birth to the Christ. Well, he goes to hell and back, doesn't he? He goes into all that darkness, but he never loses himself. What he does is he just gathers more gold, more gold, more gold, comes up on the cross, gold, just gold everywhere. So much gold he can feed the entire human race with his gold. So that's what we become like. And when we get like that, our capacity to change the mass consciousness becomes big, like Martin Luther King. So he worked on himself so much. He prayed so much. He, you know, I'm sure he had his bad hair days. We all do. But basically speaking, he was wed in his body, mind, and spirit to the solution, not to the continuance of the problem. Many of his contemporaries were wed to the problem. Is this making sense? So it is a big, strong, gutsy thing to do to pull your spirit out of the problem, go, come back, come back, spirit. I know I put you in all that, but come back because now I want to put my spirit in the solution. 
Is this resonating at all with anybody? Yeah. And so this is how we do relationships as well. Like we're in relationship with everything in the cosmos. We're in relationship with our past. We're in relationship with our future. We're in relationship with the things we fear. And we're in relationship with the things that inspire us. So all of life is about relating. And so in this process, it excites me to think that once we know that all of the dark holes that we end up finding ourselves in are actually Montessori classrooms waiting for us to find the levers, triggers, tools, blessings, shakti, that's going to help us to climb bit by bit out of that until our strength in the basic tools like forgiveness, our strength to be able to absolutely forgive someone, to be able to transmute hate into love, Give me that soul to work with, you know, because that's someone who's going to change the world. It's not just changing yourself. It's changing the world. Because what happens is in this region here, we're all connected. The astral or mind field is like the ocean. It's not like the earth. The earth is solid, you know. Put a chair there. It stays there. Put your intestines in your belly and, God willing, they stay there, right? (laughs) Well, you know, unless things are going seriously wrong, they do stay in there. But with your thoughts, put a thought in there. Before you know it, five people around you have subconsciously taken on board that thought and understand in this watery way that things flow in the astral field. When we want to get our life to change, say we want to say our life has been going on this trajectory, right? We're going in this direction. And this direction might have some good things in it, but it's also got some crappy things in it. And we want to change those things. So we actually have to change direction and go more towards the light. And we have a ship's captain here with us, so I'm a bit nervous about using this analogy. However, um, what I normally say is that this watery minefield, we have to turn the rudder of the ship. But when we turn the rudder of the ship, the ship doesn't just go like that. It drifts this way for a while. Is this right? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And then finally, it'll go that way and it'll have the momentum to keep going that way. But if we let the rudder go, if if we're going this way on a ship and then we want to go over there, you turn the rudder, the ship's going like this, hi, and eventually it starts going this way. But if we let the rudder go, it just keeps going this way again. Is that right? Vaguely. Yeah? We're happy? Good. (laughs) Thank God. Okay. So this is what it's like when we're trying to change our life. We've got to change our mind, and the mind is the rudder. But the mind is not the ship, and it's important to understand that. The mind is the rudder, and the ship is your amazing soul that's come to live in this body, and the mind is the rudder. And then we've got this ocean of consciousness, all these thoughts of ours and other people's, and we're floating around in all of that. Got to keep the pressure on the rudder. So for instance, if I'm in a relationship that's not going very well, then I can easily, because I'm an intelligent person, I can easily go into all the things that are wrong. I can analyze it to death. But then what happens is the more I analyze it, the more I go into it and the more reasons I have to believe that I'm right and this person is wrong, bad, evil, bloody blah, blah, 
I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. And before you know it, in I've gone. And now we're going to go, okay, I'm pulling my spirit out of that. And I'm using my mind as an instrument to get me to go in a different direction. So we need something we can believe in to turn the ship. And in this situation, I find things like an awareness that this is my ship I'm turning. And it's really nothing to do with the other person. This is my ship. I don't want my ship to be full of a cargo of hatred. I want my ship to be full of gold bullion, you know, the currency of grace. And so the only way I'm going to be able to do it is to know that that's what I'm doing in my mind. My mind is an instrument for getting me from negative to a much more positive place. But in so doing, I will churn it. I'll actually churn it and the light and the dark will become gold. And then I've done it forever. It's not like I'll ever have to reincarnate and do that again. Next time you reincarnate, you'll reincarnate with that strength inside you. And that'll be an easy part for you in your next life. Yeah. So (laughs) that's another reason to keep going with these problems, because if we just give up on the Montessori classroom halfway through and say, it's too hard, then you incarnate to do it all again. And you'll have a very similar set of circumstances to deal with until finally you get it. And then you can put the game away, play another game. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com. Ali.